Welcome to Speaking of Partnership, the show that brings you the personal partnership stories of experts from all walks of life so you can turn their stumbling blocks into stepping stones to healthy, long-lasting partnerships. I'm your host, Ken Bechtel. You know that the partnership game is not easy, but it is beautiful. If you find you're struggling with attracting or maintaining partnerships, go to speakingofpartnership.com right now, click on the big red tell me more button, and start creating your ideal partnership today. Now, let me introduce you to today's guest. Today's podcast is brought to you by audible.com. Get a free audiobook download and 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com forward slash speaking of partnership. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. Get yours today. I am incredibly excited to bring you today's featured guest, Jeff Lawton. Jeff, welcome to the show. Thank you, Ken. Great to be here. Now, if there's anyone out there that Maybe you don't know Jeff's work. You haven't heard of him before. Let me give you the background because Jeff is known as your relationship architect. He's an internationally best-selling author, a speaker, a men's retreat leader, and a sought-after relationship coach. For more than 20 years, he's been teaching couples and individuals how to build the relationships and the life that they truly desire. In a world where far too many people are settling for what they believe they can get, Jeff is devoted to teaching how to have love relationships that expand connection, healing, and create harmony with those dreams that people have simply neglected or forgotten. Jeff, take a minute and fill in any blanks in that intro and and give us a little glimpse into your personal life, if you would. Sure, happy to. So the only thing I would add to the professional part is that I've been... You know, really all the work, no matter whether it's about relationship or the men's work I do, really the passion is that people get to live a life of freedom and the greatest freedom, even though it may not always seem like it, is to really be you and not settle for anything less and to not settle for a love that doesn't really match the enormity of your spirit and your heart. Um... So part of what got me there to share a little bit about my personal life, I'm uh, 58 and I've been with my wife Sarah for 34 years and it really, a lot of our relationship is what got me kind of to shift more from being a regular or general life coach into really wanting to share what I've learned about relationship not only from other relationship experts and writers, but also just from what it, I can see has made our relationship work in a way that after all those years, um, we're perfectly imperfect. It is not that we don't have our stuff, but we're really one of about a handful of people that I know personally that have been together this long. We still like each other. We still love each other, and maybe most importantly, our respect for each other, which is really a key cornerstone of what's made our marriage work, that just keeps getting stronger over time. And that 
is something I haven't seen a lot of. And so um, we've been together all that time and we have two kids. So um, I'm a dad and I'm a grandfather, uh, which is still mind blowing to me. Uh, and because <laughs> <laughs> I look so young for my age. Um, and the the things that we've also gone through over the years as parents um, has made both of us much, much more resilient and stronger people. And, um, and then in terms of when I'm not working, um, one of my biggest passions is music. And uh, I love hiking. Um, massive, massive movie buff. And um, and I'm just a general, generally nice guy. So does that tell you enough about my personal? I, I think it does. I think it awesome. does. Yeah, absolutely. Awesome. Well, oh, and we're also the proud parents of a three-year-old dog who now that we're empty nesters has not replaced our children in our hearts, but have definitely provides us an opportunity when whenever we might be on it with each other, our dog Jasper ends up being a walking lesson in what love is really about. Nice. Yeah, I, I gotta say our, our dog Mikey is a pretty good teacher. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Well, Jeff, let me ask you because obviously having been married for 34 years and been doing this type of work for quite a long time, mm-hmm. there must be something that I would call it a guiding principle, but there's something that you use to kind of keep you on track. And when you get off in the weeds, you're you're like, okay, wait a minute. And this is a mantra, a quote, or whatever it is. What do you use to kind of keep you on track? And how can our, our <clears throat> listeners apply that in their partnerships? Sure. Well, I kind of have two that I, I have a guiding principle. And then there's a quote that I have used numerous times over the decades that we've been together. So the guiding principle is that relationship is cutting edge spiritual practice. So I've used that principle a lot when, you know, I'm upset or we're in a tense thing with each other. And my ego and my mind are saying, you know what, screw this. This is way more trouble than it's worth. Not that that's happened a lot, but I'd be lying if I said it never happened. And when it has been really, really tough, I remember that this relationship is about the way Sarah and I get to experience and connect with spirit through each other. And through that magical energy that drew us together all those years ago. And uh, so I remember that the relationship is in service to the divine. Then the quote that I like that's a tad less sacred um, is, the truth will set you free, but first it may piss you off. (laughs) And, you know, that has been used numerous times and it's something that I say to all my relationship clients because a lot of what gets us into trouble is where we're lying to ourselves and or to our partner and a lot of 
what brings that about is our fear, subconscious and conscious, about what's going to happen if we tell the truth. And what I've learned the hard way is that you actually create so much more pain for oneself, um, not to mention what you can do to your partner, by trying to mind read and guess what they're going to say or feel or do. And that if you just tell the truth, yeah, it may piss you off and almost certainly will in a number of cases. And that anger that can come from the truth is the disruption that can create a whole new possibility for reconnection. That holding stuff in causes disconnect. So if you're willing to go through the tougher feelings like anger or disappointment or whatever, um, you almost always find breathing room that feels like freedom, and in that space, you can create any number of things together. Nice. Thank you. That's that's mm -hmm. great, great guidance. Jeff, what I'd love to do now is, is kind of dive into the stories, and what I mean by that is our, our listeners have told us they love how generous our guests are with stories of their personal experiences and partnership, and where I'd like to start is a time in your life when, well, you, you kind of tripped up in a partnership. And, and just tell us that story of what you were doing, how you tripped up, or what you tripped on. And, and then share with us a little bit about how you learned from that experience and were able to move forward. Sure. So we'll take a trip back to 1999. And we had just moved to Colorado from the Bay Area where... I had lived for 42 years. And in that move, we both left, my wife left a 20-year teaching career. We left family. I mean, we really left everything and moved to a little town near Durango that had about 980 people when we moved there. And <clears throat> part of what really made it seem like a good idea to make that move was because I had work as a consultant. I was coaching, but I also was doing some business coaching on the side. And I had a contract that was bringing in enough money for us to feel like we could breathe a bit in terms of, you know, going to one income and being able to, you know, go to this beautiful town where we literally knew two people. And um, about two or three months after we moved there, the, um, the company with whom myself and some partners were contracted for all that consulting, they got bought out by Hilton Hotels. And within a month of that, Hilton fired all the outside consultants. So here we were in this completely different environment, one income, and our youngest was still at home then, and all of a sudden, there was no money, no income. And that created, if you could imagine, a great deal of anxiety, fear, upset, and you know, here we were in this town where I didn't know anybody, and it just kind of coincided that 
at that same time, even though I'd already been a practicing coach for a few years, around the time this all happened, the end of 99, I could have stood out on the sidewalk with a sandwich board saying, well, coach for food. And I, I mean, I couldn't give myself away, literally couldn't give away my coaching. And so it, it opened up a huge, it was like my worst fear I now was getting to experience. And the way I handled that with my wife was I did the manly thing. You know, I kept most of it. I mean, she obviously knew about the loss of the contract, but all of the emotional stuff that it was putting me through, all the stuff that it was triggering from my past, growing up in a very poor family and money always being an issue. So here I was in this incredible survival kind of energy. And with my wife and our son, you know, I was really trying to have it look like, you know, it's fine. I got it handled. And I was lying through my teeth because I didn't have it handled. Mm -hmm. And it just kept building and growing to a place to where literally on Christmas Day of 1999, I made a decision that it was time to go. So I had the notes written and I was ready to take myself out because I really was so depressed and so caught in I'm this shitty husband and provider and all of the stuff that I had been conditioned with regarding, you know, what a good man is. Um, I was failing at all of it is how it looked to me. And so... I was ready. I really had that almost kind of stereotypical set of thoughts that kind of can be summarized by, they're going to be better off without me. And as I was getting ready to do it, and my wife and my son were both asleep, and, I, you know, in all honesty, I don't even remember now what it was, but there was, I'm going to call it my spirit, and going, okay, if you do this, you fail the test. And it was a test of faith. And I wasn't, and I remain, I wasn't a religious person, and I'm still not, but my belief in faith and spirit is enormous. And there was virtually none of it to be found in that circumstance. So um, I got to believe it was my spirit or some other kind of divine intervention. And I called one of the two people that I knew in, in Durango. And, uh, and it was one of my original personal transformation teachers. And uh, I told her what was happening. And she said, wake up, Sarah. Get Mark. That was our son. Get him up and get your ass over to my house now. And I did that. And she and another friend of ours spent about five hours on Christmas day with us. And you know that thing about the truth will set you, you, know, set you free, but first it's gonna piss you off. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that she had Sarah and I do was sit in front of each other, knee to knee, 
And even though I was suicidal, even though I was already in all this shame, she had the wisdom to tell me, all right, I want you to apologize to your wife for failing to take care of her and failing to live up to your part of the dream. And, oh my God, that was just... It was one of the most difficult things I ever had to feel, because I had to feel it before mm -hmm. I could say it. But I said it. And and my my mentor friend didn't shame me when she said to do that, but she could see how much I was withholding and carrying. And and I had to, you know, I had to do that. And I did. And my wife you know, had the wisdom on some level to tell me the truth about how I had broken her heart by not living up to my promises, not living up to my agreement, particularly when we moved, that I would take care of us if she was going to, you know, move to a different state and give up her career. Um, and that was really the beginning of one of the biggest transformations in my life to date and got followed a few days later by me walking, you know, driving down to the little local mom and pop grocery store and applying for um, an $8 an hour bagging job. And my son had a job working there. And I did that because any self-respect that I could get back required me to do something to make anything, make anything. And I did that <clears throat> and applied for that job and had to go through massive amounts of ego disintegration to do it because not only had I done okay as a coach, but I went into coaching after a 15-year career where I was making six figures in the corporate world. And here I am applying for a bagging job in a local market. And uh, two days after I made that application, my phone rang. I got a new client out of the blue that was referred. And then the phone kept ringing over the next week. And essentially, um, I was able to make enough to get us, you know, at least on solid footing where the basic bills could be paid. So that taught me a lot about faith or lack thereof. It taught me a lot about, in my opinion anyway, our back really is held by some universal power bigger than me. And, and I also got to really, okay, here's my biggest fear. I just lived it and I almost checked out and I'm still here and life started getting better. And that fear no longer had me to the degree that it used to because I got to go through it. Wow. Well, thank you for sharing that, Jeff. That's yep. an incredibly powerful and, and vulnerable story. And, and I think on some level, all of us have had that, you know, dark night and we're like, what's got to go here? And either, like you said, you, you had somebody help you to, to guide you to getting some some clearance where you actually faced it yep. or you can just, you know, keep putting it behind you and, and act like it's not there, even though it still is hanging on your back. So yep. um, thank you. Thank you for giving such a, a great example of that. 
Mm-hmm. Now, what I'd like to do is is change gears a little bit and actually mm-hmm. have you share with us a story of what I consider, I call it one of your proudest moments in partnership. And and this is the way I always spot them is it's those those things that when you think back on whatever that that moment is, you can't help but just have a great big smile on your face. What's one of those for you? <laughs> oh man, um, well. Number one, and this is still true, that that awareness of what I really have in my marriage, it was what had me begin to fall in love with Sarah all those years ago, and to this day, when it happens, it's really, I have to really work hard at being a dick to not let my heart open when this happens, and it's... Um, when she just looks in my eyes, and that love never has dissipated in all these years. So that proud, I am so lucky that after all this time, that one look can essentially turn me into, you know, delightful mush. <laughs> um, but, but I think, you know, in, in terms of a story, I, I'd say the other, one of the things that just immediately jumped to mind was ironically what happened before we made the move. And I was struggling. I knew that I wanted to coach. I knew I had to do healing work. and But the corporate work was a steady paycheck and a good one. And so the moment that really, I probably the first moment that I can remember and or that I really let in was Sarah looking me in the eye when I got vulnerable again about my fears. You know, I am terrified to make me sleep. Because what if I don't make enough money? Blah, 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 blah. And uh, she looked me in the eye, and with 100% authenticity, she said, why can't you get that I would rather live under a freeway in a refrigerator box? One of my other big fears, by the way. I would rather live under a freeway and have you than live in a nice house, have plenty of money, and have you be fucking miserable. That changed everything. That really, that was like, okay, buddy, time to grow up. You've got a real woman, and this is what real love looks like. And I let it in, and that was kind of the one of one of the first of many over the years doses of the equivalent of liquid courage <laughs> to help me push through fears and to go after my dreams. Wow, you know what what stands out for me with that jeff is is mm-hmm. as I'm listening to that and, and hearing you tell that of of how your wife said those words to you and what that meant it just it reminds me of just how important actually speaking those things are for our partnerships 
Yeah. Because sometimes we just assume that, well, of course they know this. Yeah, right. And maybe it's not as, as you know, dramatic as, as that particular one, but just saying that, you know, wow, you, you being in my life is priceless. Whatever it is for you, however you say that, the impact it has on our partner, both in, in fortifying them as well as appreciating them, is immeasurable. And yep. it doesn't mean you have to do it every Thursday. It's like this happened however many years ago, and it still has that that strength for you, right? Yeah, very much. It really, you know, it was probably certainly from someone outside my family. I had never really experienced being loved like that, and it was a mature love that began to mature me. Nice. Well, congratulations. That's that's a wonderful, amazing moment, and thank you for sharing it with us. Sure. Well, it's one of the benefits of marrying an older woman. <laughs> <laughs> there you go, folks. I hope you all heard that. <laughs> well, Jeff, we have arrived at the Bring It All Home portion of our show, and this is where we step yeah. away from stories. We actually mm-hmm. move into providing simple, concrete guidance for our listeners so they can apply it directly to their partnerships right away. And where yep. I'd like to start is I'm wondering... What would you say is the best partnership advice that you've ever received? I'd say that there's two little nuggets that I remember being taught. One is that when the the guano is hitting the fan and you're playing victim and blaming your partner for being such a schmuck or a bitch or a whatever. Um, it is never about them. Um, you know, barring they shoot you or hit you in the face, you know, with no provocation, that's about them. But the kind of stuff that we tend to get really upset about, you always have to start looking at how it's about you, which is really irritating. (laughs) But, I've never forgotten it, and I use it a lot. And then the other little nugget that kind of fits hand in glove with it is that if you love your partner, that love won't fix everything. But if it's there and you're struggling, you might as well find the pathways to work it out. Because if you don't do it with each other and you do end the relationship, you're virtually guaranteed to repeat the same damn pattern in your next relationship or however many relationships it's going to take until you figure out, oh yeah, I'm the common denominator here. So those remembering that you are 100% responsible for your experience, regardless of what the circumstances are, you're responsible for how you're rolling with it or not. That's proven to be invaluable. Yeah, for sure. Some some great wisdom there. Well, let me ask you this then, Jeff. What would you recommend as far as a book or resource to our listeners, and, and why that particular one? Well, I keep cheating and wanting to pick more than one, so I'll I'll just mention (laughs) real quickly. So thank you for being gracious with uh, letting me do that. The one book that I have found to be, actually wasn't a book, it was some articles that I found online, and I know that John has several books out, but 
I'm a big fan of John Gottman's work. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the things I like about his stuff is he's actually a scientist as well as a you know trained therapist, but he's mostly a scientist who's really studied couples, thousands of couples over, I want to say, 20, 30 years, and has been able to kind of come up with a list of certain traits or characteristics that are predictors for relationship health and longevity. And that was really inspiring to me when I first saw his stuff. And um, a book in particular, and I promise everybody listening, I'm not trying to be uh, cheesy here. I wrote a book that's really the summary of the 20 some odd years that I've been working with people and it's called Built to Last, Designing and Maintaining a Loving and Lasting and Passionate Relationship. And that book, I I look at it and I do my best to use it as a resource for myself because while it's informed by my marriage it also is wisdom and stuff that I've learned from all the couples I've worked with over the years and I just and I wrote it for men and why I'm using it to your question is because I have a huge passion for men to get over this whole conditioning that a lot of us have that strength means you shut up and handle your own shit. And as my story I told you earlier, I hope it reveals to men that might be listening to this, you've got to be willing to let help in. You've got to be willing to ask for help. And this whole thing that we have about we're supposed to know and gut it out and find our way through, uh, I think it kills way too many men. So... I'm, I'm inspired by my book because it's filled with my own inspiration with the work that I've done with men, the work that was done by other men with me that saved my life in a number of ways. So, and it's written in a way that I think men can relate to it, and it's also written in a way that women, um, and I've worked with hundreds and hundreds of women over the years, and one of their big questions is, what the hell is going on with my guy? <clears throat> and I think the book is a great resource for women to hopefully be able to get a better grip in real language, real life language and circumstances to help you know both genders have better pathways to get through to each other, understand each other, and to honor the similarities and the differences more than I think we tend to do. Thank you for that, Jeff. And, and I'm really glad that you brought forward the details of what your book's focused on, because as a man, I'm aware that there are definitely less resources specifically written for us. Yeah. Um, that are out there that speak to that from a man's point of view. And I appreciate that, that you've done that and, and brought that forward because I can, I mean, I'm sure everyone on the, on the re- listening to this can hear just your conviction and your passion for this work. So thank you for bringing mm-hmm. that forward. My pleasure. And actually that, that makes me think, I mean, obviously we barely, barely scratched the surface on, on what you have available to these folks. And I'm wondering if you would just let our listeners know how they can contact you, how they can learn more about what you do. 
Sure. Um, best thing to do is to either go to my website, which is www.yourrelationshiparchitect.com. All kinds of resources on the site. And, uh, and then on there, there's also an opportunity if you want to talk with me about your relationship and to learn more about what might be going on. There's a button on the site that says Relationship Design Review, and you can click on that, and we'll be able to have a, a good conversation. It will help you get clear about what you want or what's getting in the way. And then for those who are uh, face crack or pardon me, Facebook junkies, <laughs> um, if you go onto Facebook and uh, search for your relationship architect hyphen Jeff Lawton, then there's also a ton of resources on that Facebook timeline for relationships, including relationships with self. You know, my work, I work with almost as many individuals as I do couples. So if you want a great relationship with a man or a woman, um, you better have a really good one with yourself, and most of us don't. And so that you can look on that page or the website and lots of cool stuff in there about how to build a better relationship with yourself as well. Excellent. Thank you very much. And, and you know, your your insights, the, the incredibly candid stories that you just shared with us, uh, huge, just absolutely incredible. Thank you so very, very much for being on our show today. Well, thank you for the opportunity. I hugely appreciate it. My pleasure. Thank you for listening to Speaking of Partnership. Head over to speakingofpartnership.com for links and recaps of every show and so much more. Be sure you catch the bonus stories from our guests on Follow Your Yes Friday. It's easy to do. Just go to your favorite podcast directory, search for Speaking of Partnership, and click subscribe. Like what you hear? Leave us a rating and review on Stitcher or iTunes. The greatest compliment you can give the show is to refer us to someone else either in person or on the web. Have a great day. And remember, even when you stumble, you're still moving forward. Peace.